Welcome to episode 164 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about August 2021, the month the federal government, run by a corrupt, senile, greedy, dumb, pathological liar president who has surrounded himself with America-hating socialist Marxist and communist sympathizers, made the final push for the destruction of the country. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as the unvaccinated, the U.S. embargo on Cuba, the National Democratic Party, government monopolies, or the COVID-19 vaccine comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, ThinkSpot, Rumble, and Instagram where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest Podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. As the month started, it looked like the biggest story would again be COVID. That was until the shit purposely hit the fan in Afghanistan. Much more on that later. Regarding COVID, we had lots of news out of Israel, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. Turns out the vaccinated are contracting COVID, demonstrating that the vaccine wanes over time. They are lining up booster shots as a remedy. According to the Jerusalem Post, Israeli scientists say COVID-19 could be treated for under a dollar a day. In a double-blind study, it showed that ivermectin reduces the, the disease's duration and infectiousness. The FDA and the World Health Organization caution against its use, however. In Australia, the government has locked down the island nation and are using the military to enforce it in order to fight COVID. See, one guy contracted the disease and they shut down the whole country. You're allowed to exercise one hour a day outdoors, but you must have your mask with you or you can be fined $3,700. The big story of the month was a massive manhunt for a man who tested positive, who left his apartment, was seen sneezing in an elevator. That's not a joke. Go to DuckDuckGo and search Australia COVID. Here in the United States, you're not allowed to discuss therapeutics and prophylactics for COVID on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. You know, stuff like ivermectin and hydrochloroquine, because speaking the truth, or at least speaking outside the establishment talking points, is forbidden. And no doctor like mine that works for a large medical practice or conglomerate is allowed to write prescriptions for these cheap, known-to-be-helpful drugs. Oh, and you still can't talk about natural immunity on these platforms either. The only remedy for COVID is the vaccine. Despite that, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis set up 15 monoclonal antibody treatment centers across the state to administer the treatment for free. The FDA recently authorized that treatment. Then we find out that the Centers for Disinformation and Confusion director, formerly known as the CDC, that she lied to the American people for weeks about the spread of the Delta variant by the unvaccinated when a leaked internal document demonstrated that they knew all along that the vaccinated are just as apt to spread it. Then we had vaccine mandates. First it was all federal workers, and then all service members of the military. And now national vaccine mandates is being discussed for all school teachers. 
or rather the federal government would encourage and back state and local government efforts to require that teachers get vaccinated. Meanwhile, nurses warn of staff shortages due to the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. See, it turns out a lot of people in the healthcare industry don't want the jab. I wonder why. Of course, none of this is following the science as we continue to find out that the vaccinated carry and pass the virus on to others just as easily as the unvaccinated. Some studies show that the viral load carried by the vaccinated are higher than the unvaccinated. Turns out that all those people who stated that the COVID virus originated in a Wuhan lab last year who were censored and demonetized were right. An expert at the World Health Organization who led a controversial joint probe into the origins of the coronavirus pandemic said in a documentary that aired on Danish television that the Chinese colleagues influenced the presentation of their findings. However, back in the insane asylum, formerly known as the United States of America, a 17-agency U.S. intelligence community announced on August 27th that it has reached an inconclusive assessment regarding the origins of COVID-19, including whether the virus leaked from a Chinese lab following a 90-day investigation that was ordered earlier this year by resident Biden. Agency officials said in the report that their findings that the Chinese regime is still unwilling to cooperate in their probe to obtain answers about the origins of the virus. The regime would need to fully cooperate with the U.S. investigation in order to determine whether or not the virus came from the laboratory. I got two thoughts here. Number one, why do we have 17 intelligence agencies? I mean, seriously, that's, that's insane. Number two, why would the Chinese Communist Party cooperate with a feckless U.S. government investigation into the Wuhan-originated bioweapon virus? Pfizer received FDA approval of their vaccine in August. In record time, too. It's just incredible how efficient they are. Or it might lead one to ask the following question. How can the same government agency that has for decades taken years to approve drugs and vaccines while at the same time denying people with terminal illnesses the right to try non-approved drugs all of a sudden approve a vaccine that has been in widespread use for less than a year while at the same time admitting that they lost the clinical trial control group? Don't lose sight of that last bit of information. According to NPR, the individuals who were a part of the control group of one of the original clinical trials of the vaccine were given the vaccine once it was approved by the FDA. Don't worry, guys. Just listen to your overlords. There's nothing to see here. Now comes the full court press on the unvaccinated, which was the topic of the last episode, 163. If you would like to hear the perspective of the unvaxxed over all the COVID-related insanity, check out that episode. And just a few days later, an advisory group for the Center for Disinformation and Confusion unanimously endorsed the full approval of the Pfizer vaccine for U.S. citizens that are over the age of 16. Here again, what science is this based on? Like, why are we vaccinating teenagers whose chance of death from COVID is like 0.0001%, if that? In an effort to remain relevant, Dr. Fauci chastised a biker rally in one of the Dakotas as a super spreader event, making no mention of the open borders with thousands of COVID-positive illegals coming into the country, and no mention of Obama's 60th birthday bash, where hundreds of sophisticated guests spent the entire weekend maskless celebrating on Martha's Vineyard, where the week following the party, the COVID case count on the island skyrocketed as 73 people tested positive. Why anyone is still listening to this clown Fauci is beyond me. 
Meanwhile, French police roamed cafes requiring citizens to show their vaccine papers. Senator Rand Paul published a video where he told the American people not to comply with all the bullshit mandates and lockdowns coming down from the Biden administration. He said, they can't arrest all of us. The tyrants at YouTube promptly suspended Paul's channel because he said the same thing that Biden's COVID czar Michael Osterhoff and former FDA head Scott Gottlieb said about the ineffectiveness of masks. I guess those guys can say it, but Rand Paul can't. Interesting. File this under, you can't make this shit up. The same month the FDA approved a vaccine that has only been in widespread use for nine months, caused the death of over 6,000 people, and generated hundreds of thousands of adverse effects, the FDA banned 55,000 vape products. Check out episode 29 for a look at the vaping controversy. During the month, the Supreme Court ordered the Biden administration to reinstate the Trump-era remain-in-Mexico policy, which requires people seeking asylum to wait in Mexico until their case is heard. It's too late at this point, as we've already allowed hundreds of thousands of illegals into the country. Plus, Biden doesn't give a shit about what SCOTUS says. He's, he knowingly violated the Constitution by reinstalling the CDC's eviction moratorium. Biden acknowledged that he does not have the authority to do this. He admitted that it was unconstitutional, but he said he was just buying Renner's time while the legal process was worked out. No calls for Biden's impeachment from the Uniparty for knowingly violating the Constitution and his oath of office. A couple weeks later, the Supreme Court blocked this ridiculously unconstitutional overstep. The court voted 6-3 to strike it down. The three were Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan, all of whom should be impeached for the same reason Biden should. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo resigned after the avalanche of pressure from sexual assault charges continued to cascade. Plus, his usefulness to the Democratic Party has waned. They no longer need his daily anti-Trump rants, and honestly, no one likes the guy. I wrote this on Facebook. My parents taught me never to rejoice in others' misfortune, but there has got to be an exception to that rule for narcissistic, power-hungry, arrogant, entitled, silver-spoon-born, serial sexual assaulter, grandparent-killing assholes like Andrew Cuomo. If someone in Hollywood was smart, they would produce a movie based on this guy's life. It'll make House of Cards look like Bambi. The new governor promptly uncovered 12,000 more COVID-related deaths that had previously been left out of the count. Big surprise. Will there be any consequences for Cuomo's cover-up? I doubt it. He's a Democrat. He's got liberal privilege. Hunter Biden, the blithering idiot crackhead son of the resident, the smartest guy Joe knows, according to Joe, lost another laptop. A newly unearthed 2019 video from that laptop shows a naked Hunter Biden telling prostitute that Russia drug dealers stole one of his laptops for blackmail. After filming himself having sex with the woman using his laptop in January 2019, Hunter left the camera rolling as he recounted a Vegas bender where he spent 18 days going around from penthouse suite to penthouse suite, sometimes costing $10,000 a night. It's such a shame that the Biden voters ignore this stuff, whereas they spent the past better part of five years repeating lies about Trump, showing they literally have no principles. Let's talk about some financial stories from the month of August. If it wasn't for the Afghanistan debacle, I was going to call this episode The Truth About August 2021, the month America really went bankrupt. Number one, the House passed a $3.5 trillion so-called spending bill, infrastructure. This is on top of the $1.2 trillion, whatever that some of the Republicans agreed to earlier in the month or in July. 
This is on top of the insane levels of dollar printing that the Trump administration did last year. The Fed's balance sheet now stands at just under $9 trillion. Now keep in mind, it was around half that in 2020. Just so you know, the Treasury issues bonds, the Federal Reserve prints the money, and puts those bonds on their balance sheet, thus monetizing the debt. So basically the government helps the government print money. This inflating of the money supply without a similar level of improved productivity leaves more dollars in the markets pursuing the same number of goods and services, thus inflation. Everything you buy goes up in price, and unless you're getting a 10% raise every year, you're falling behind. The Federal Reserve's preferred inflation gauge, the so-called Core Personal Consumption Expenditure, PCE price index, vaulted in the 12 months through July to levels not seen in 30 years. So we're basically screwed monetarily. And if that wasn't bad enough, the biggest story that you did not hear about in August was the agreement between Russia and Saudi Arabia to end the U.S. petrodollar. See, oil is priced in U.S. dollars worldwide. OPEC agreed years ago to only accept U.S. dollars for their oil, creating an unnatural demand for dollars as foreign currencies must be converted to dollars before paying for oil. The removal of the petrodollar agreement will accelerate the bankruptcy of the United States. The Capitol Hill police officer that murdered the unarmed Ashley Babbitt was exonerated. He did an interview with Lester Holt, I think, talked about how brave he was and the countless lives he saved by shooting an unarmed military vet in the neck on January 6th. The level of corruption in D.C. continues to mystify me. Hell, we have people who trespassed the Capitol that day still in jail with reports of terrible conditions and, and essentially torture. One of my childhood idols, former football great Herschel Walker, filed papers to run for Senate against the Marxist Raphael Warnock. I wish him all the luck. Longtime radio talk show host Larry Elder, an African-American Republican and very conservative guy, is running for governor in California in the recall election of Gavin Newsom. The LA Times called him blackface of white supremacy. The Babylon Bee published an article with the yearbook picture of Elder in high school with the headline that read something like, Scandal! Newsom finds old yearbook picture of Elder in blackface. Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana, leaving all of New Orleans without power for several weeks. I saved the worst for last, Afghanistan. It all started with President Biden wanting a photo op on September 11th of this year, the 20th anniversary of the attack. He wanted to be able to say he got us out of the war. He set a withdrawal date of August 31st. At the end of the day, the withdrawal was completed a day early, leaving hundreds of American citizens and green card holders behind and tens of thousands of Afghani allies, all whom will be slaughtered by the Taliban or held hostage, and Joe will go in and pay them billions of dollars in ransom. Here's the timeline of events. In July, Biden promised our G7 allies that we would leave enough military presence in the country that they could keep their embassies open. Then he told the world that the Taliban takeover over the country was not inevitable because the Afghan army has 300,000 well-equipped members against an unorganized group of 75,000 Taliban. And he assured the world that this would not be another Saigon of 1975. Quote, we will not see helicopters evacuating the U.S. Embassy like we did in Vietnam. Then he had his military evacuate the Bahram Air Base, one that was fully secured in a remote region with two runways, just a 20-minute helicopter ride from Kabul. 
Sounds like a perfect place to execute an evacuation, doesn't it? Then Biden ordered the remaining 3,000 troops out of Afghanistan. Literally in the middle of the night, the remaining U.S. military disappeared. The Afghani government and the Afghani military were not forewarned. As you might expect, the Taliban rapidly took over city after city after city in the ensuing days. It's important for you to note that the U.S. military essentially controlled the country of Afghanistan with less than 3,000 boots on the ground for years because of our superior air support and our advanced drone capabilities. And there had been no U.S. military deaths in Afghanistan in over a year and a half. Then we saw photos and videos of helicopters evacuating embassy personnel from the U.S. embassy, just like Saigon in 1975. Then a bunch of people rushed the one runway at the Kabul airport. Some were so desperate to escape the Taliban that they hung on to the side of the military plane as it left the airbase. Some climbed into the wheel well and were crushed. Those clinging to the side of the airplane were seen falling hundreds of feet, crashing into houses. When George Stephanopoulos asked President Biden about that incident, he retorted angrily, That was four or five days ago, when in actuality it happened two days prior. Then the president remained on vacation in Camp David for several days when the shit started hitting the fan. Then the UK parliament held Joe Biden in contempt. The Telegraph reported, quote, Joe Biden's handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal was condemned as catastrophic and shameful on Wednesday as the Houses of Parliament delivered an unprecedented rebuke to the U.S. president, end quote. Then Biden ordered 5,000 troops back to Afghanistan, or 6,000 according to him yesterday, to help get U.S. personnel out of the country. Now remember, just a week earlier, he had evacuated some 3,000. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki got mad when Fox News White House reporter Steve Ducey asked her about stranding Americans. Then, House Democrats blocked a bill that would have extended the withdrawal until every American was accounted for. Then, the State Department issued this dictate, quote, To American citizens, thank you for registering your request to be evacuated from Afghanistan. The U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan has confirmed that an undefined number of U.S. government-provided flights will begin soon. Please make your way to Hamid Karzai International Airport at this time. And then in bold capital letters it says, Please be advised that the United States government cannot guarantee your security as you make this trip. Can't make this shit up, folks. So at this point, thousands of people surrounded the airport, showing their papers and passports to the military, begging to be let in. Suicide bombers struck, killing 13 U.S. Marines and over 100 people in total. Couldn't see that coming, could you? In the days that followed the attack, we find out that the intel and military were aware of a pending attack, and yet they still sent Marines outside the airport to patrol the crowd, and thus sentenced them to death. The situation was so dire that hundreds of people showed up the very next day in the very spot where the bomber struck and tried to get into the airport. Some of them were standing in raw sewage. Then a CNN reporter on the ground in Kabul called the Taliban mostly friendly, just like rioters, looters, and arsonists from last summer were mostly peaceful. Then we find out that the Biden administration abolished the Contingency and Crisis Response Bureau, CCR, probably the only federal program ever to be rolled back. It was set up by the Trump administration as a type of rapid response to Americans in trouble anywhere in the world. 
The Trump administration set it up in response to Obama and Hillary's Benghazi debacle, where Americans were again killed unnecessarily. So as this mess progressed, we find out that Biden refused to allow the U.S. military to leave the airport complex to rescue citizens and allies. Meanwhile, the Brits and the French sent their forces in to rescue their citizens. Biden's bunch of clowns and spokespeople explained that the Taliban had agreed to allow people who wanted to leave Afghanistan into the airport. The Biden administration was so helpful to the Taliban that they gave them a list of folks who were allowed to leave the country and can get into the airport. People called it a kill list. Meanwhile, Operation Pineapple Express kicked into gear. This was a group of retired special forces and other military retirees and contractors from the Afghan theater who banded together to go after abandoned Americans and American allies. Unfortunately, their mission only lasted a few days before the U.S. military abandoned the country. I encourage you to research what these brave men sacrificed in the face of a military handcuffed by a piece-of-shit commander-in-chief. Biden administration celebrated the largest airlift evacuation in history and patted themselves on the back for causing the very problem that necessitated the largest airlift evacuation in history. Then Biden blamed Trump. The day after the final evacuation, as reported by the Washington Post, word leaked out that the Taliban had offered control of Kabul to the U.S. military while the evacuation was executed. Apparently, General Kenneth McKenzie declined the offer. Then we stranded American citizens and American allies behind to be tortured, raped, and or killed by the Taliban and whatever other animals are roaming the streets in that country. Hopefully Steve Ducey won't piss off Saki again with another question about stranded Americans. Then we left our military service dogs in crates in a hangar to what? Starve to death? Dehydrate? Be executed and tortured by the Taliban? Oh, and guess what? We left behind somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to $85 billion in military equipment. Here's some of what was left behind. 8,000 trucks, 22,000 Humvees, 169 M113 armored personnel carriers, 65,000 machine guns, 176 artillery pieces, 358,000 assault rifles, 16,000 night vision goggles, somewhere in the neighborhood of 100 helicopters of various types, and it looks like about 60 or so fixed wing aircraft. Much of it was shipped into the country in the 30 days prior to the pullout. Now, Obviously, the question would be, why would the administration ship anything into a theater that they knew they were pulling out in the near future? Then the House Democrats blocked another bill forcing the military to stay past August 31st. Then Biden left a virtual meeting with other G7 leaders who likely were excoriating him for his abandonment of their citizens after providing assurances otherwise, he left that meeting in seven minutes, just long enough for the photo op. Then, during the solemn ceremony bringing home the 13 dead Marines at Dover Air Force Base, Biden kept checking his watch. The Babylon Bee suggested that he was looking to see if the blood of these Marines were on his hands. As a frame of reference, George W. Bush went to these ceremonies at night with no press. Then we heard from several parents of the murdered Marines who met with Biden at the ceremony. It was not pretty. 
Two of the fathers excoriated Biden for repeatedly checking his watch. They said he repeatedly spoke about his dead son, Bo. Here's what one mother wrote on her Instagram account, which was immediately suspended because you don't dare oppose our dear leader. President Joe Biden, this message is for you. I know my face is etched into your brain. I was able to look you straight in the eyes yesterday and have words with you. After I lay my son to rest, you will be seeing me again. Remember, I am the one who stood five inches from your face and was letting you know that I would never get to hug my son again, hear his laugh, and then you tried to interrupt me and give me your own sob story, and I had to tell you, this isn't about you, so don't make it about you. You then said you just wanted me to know you know how I feel, and I let you know that you don't know how I feel, and you do not have the right to tell me you know how I feel. You then rolled your effing eyes in your head like you were annoyed with me, and I let you know that the only reason I was talking to you was out of respect for my son, and that was the only reason why I then proceeded to tell you, again, how you took my son away from me, and how I will never get to hug him, kiss him, laugh with him again, etc. You turned to walk away, and I let you know my son's blood was on your hands, and you threw your hands up behind you as you walked away from me, like you were saying, okay, whatever. You are not the President of the United States of America, Biden. Cheating isn't winning. You are no leader of any kind. You are a weak human being and a traitor. You turned your back on my son, on all of our heroes. You are leaving the White House one way or another because you do not belong there. My son's blood is on your hands. All 13 of them, their blood is on your hands. If my President Trump was in his rightful seat, then my son and other heroes would still be alive. You will be seeing me again very soon. By the way, as my son and the rest of our fallen heroes were being taken off the plane yesterday, I watched you disrespect us all five different times by checking your watch. What the F was so important that you had to keep looking at your watch? You are nobody special, Biden. America hates you. How many of you remember how the media lauded over Cindy Sheehan? If that name is not familiar, check her out. Last name is S-H-E-E-H-A-N. Then the Taliban began door-to-door -door executions, presumably from the kill list that the Biden administration gave them. Then Biden gave a short teleprompter speech calling the whole episode a, quote, extraordinary success. It included his claim that they successfully evacuated 90% of Americans who wanted to leave Kabul. This was a constant refrain by the Biden crazies throughout the month. We will get everyone out who wants to get out. Who wants to stay in Afghanistan run by the Taliban? And the obvious question remains unanswered. Why not just stay until 100% of the Americans who wanted to get out were out? Then we found out that in late July, Biden told the Afghan president to, quote, create the perception that the Taliban was not winning, quote, whether it is true or not, end quote. So we end up seeing a trillion dollars spent, 40,000 plus civilians killed, over 20,000 U.S. military injured, 2,312 plus 13 U.S. military killed. And now the Taliban controls more territory today than they did in September 2001. What are we to conclude from this entire situation? Number one, this was done purposely. Number two, President Biden is a sociopath. Number three, China and or Russia is blackmailing the president and or his son 
and told him to get the hell out of Afghanistan. This one seems reasonable, given what we know about the Biden crime family and Hunter's laptops, and the fact that China swooped in within days of America's departure to start negotiating mineral rights with the Taliban, and Russia, along with China, are discussing officially recognizing the Taliban government. Number four, the federal government is a despicable entity. Number five, the National Democrats are pro-murder. Pro-murder of babies in the womb, and pro-murder, rape, and torture of American citizens, green card holders, and allies in Afghanistan. As I said on Facebook recently, it doesn't matter if it's babies in the womb, or random people in Chicago, or New York City, or Oakland, or Detroit, or Afghanistan. Human life just doesn't mean that much to these folks. The removal of Big G God from the public square over the last few decades has left folks looking for another Little G God. Unfortunately, many of them found it in Little G government. Or shall I say, in democratically controlled Little G government. When it comes to President Biden, I'm just going to say it out loud. He and his son Hunter are likely going to spend eternity examining their short-sighted, greedy, narcissistic approach to life here on Earth. And in the case of Joe... I would be very afraid of facing the Almighty after spending my 50 years in public life wearing my Christ-following credentials on my lapel, when all along being a corrupt, senile, greedy, dumb, pathological liar that displays sociopathic traits by demonstrating no empathy for human life. Additionally, due to his greed and pride, he likely allowed himself to be blackmailed by foreign adversaries like Russia and China, and his son, his son is just a pathetic excuse for a man. I'm trying to be gentle here, but he is a disgusting, drug-abusing, prostitute-hiring, laptop-losing, pathetic excuse for a human being. It's truly sad that a person granted his lot in life would end up like he has. And that's the sad truth about August 2021. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.